As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 191 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week, Christopher Sabella is back, and one of the creators of High Crimes is up to another interesting and excellent series, this time from Boom Studios, and it's called Welcome Back. And we talk a lot about the series, including the title, which has the letter L sort of colored out, and it could be We Come Back or Welcome Back, and Chris clears that up for us, thankfully. We talk about the series, the characters, and all kinds of things that are going on with it. This miniseries just came out this past week, so if you haven't gotten it already, be sure to get to your store after you listen to this podcast and pick it up. We also talk about other projects he's completed and what he has in the future in store for us. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. Good to be talking again with Christopher Sabella, creator of such good things as High Crimes, Dead Letters, Escape from New York, Captain Marvel, and Aliens vs. Predator, and now has a new book out from Boom Studios. And what do you call it, uh, Chris? Is it Welcome Back or We Come Back? What is that? We normally just call it Welcome Back, but okay. yeah, the We Come Back is hidden in there. Okay, yeah, because I noticed the L is colored a different color than the other letters of the title, so that's a kind of a double meaning in there, it sounds like. Yeah, back when I first got the idea for the book, like all I had was a very bare-bones idea, and I had the title with the parenthesis around the L, mm-hmm. and I had no idea what to do with it, but mm-hmm. I had that, and then, yeah, like we went back and forth about it, we tried to change the name, but we kept coming back to Welcome Back, like it just stuck too well at that point, so. Very good, now it just came out the very first week. Do you want to give people the uh, TV Guide version of what the story's about? Sure. Well, the operating premise is that everybody in the world, when they die, gets reincarnated. But there is a very uh, small percentage of humanity that when they get reincarnated at a certain point, usually early on in their lives, they wake up 
and they remember all their past lives because each one of them is a soldier in this war that's been going on since the beginning of time. And so each soldier has a target and vice versa. So it's these pairs of people just hunting each other down life after life, trying to win this war that has been going on so long that now nobody really remembers why it even started in the first place. Hmm. Wow, because it's a, kind of the way that war seems to be. It seems to be unending when you're in it. And, yeah. Uh, so it's a pretty good premise. I like it a lot. So you said you came up with this idea a couple of years ago. Is that what happened? Yeah, it was in. Uh, I went back and checked my notebooks recently, and it was back in 2012, I think, when I first came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. So, very good, very good. Now, it's, and it's in Boom Studios, which is really good. Who happens to like you and your writing quite a lot? I've noticed. Uh, on a news release that came out, it says, "Under what's to love, we believe Christopher Sabella is one of the most exciting new comic writers." <laughs> Uh yeah, I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> did you did <laughs> you did you pay them to do that or is that the, no. that's their own thing? Oh cool. Yeah. Well, then they really like it, so that's very good. Yeah, that was pretty good. And they talk about the idea is really something that's new and different in comics, and I have to say it is. It's something I've never read before, and you know these days with comics, and we've had decades of comics coming out. To find something that's really kind of new is a great find. So I'm kind of glad that uh, they found you and you found them, and the book is coming out. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. That, like I said, I've been working on it for a long while, so that it's it's actually a real thing that's out uh, is still super weird to me. Very cool. Now, this is a miniseries, right? There's, a, uh, what, four issues? I mean, it's initially, it's scheduled for four, but, you know, we're trying to get more because, you know, it's such a big idea that there's a lot of places that I want to go with it. So that's our hope and our dream is that, you know, we do well enough on these first four issues that Boom will be like, okay, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And this is, it says co-created with your artist, Jonathan Brandon Sawyer. Did yeah. he, did he provide the visuals? Is that how this worked? Yeah. He's done all the heavy lifting visually. Like I try to stay out of the artist's way and just give them like a rough rundown of like, how I see things, but I try to, especially when it's a co-created thing, like I kind of just step back and like, you, you know, you go to town and unless you're doing something, you know, that like seems really wrong, which has never happened uh, <laughs> in comics so far. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, yeah, stay out of their way. And also like working with Jonathan really helped me. Like my initial idea for the book was a lot darker and a lot bleaker and talking with Jonathan really helped me get my head around actually what i wanted the story to be which was you know i had the high concept and i had some cool stuff to do with it but i didn't have like a story to hang it on so jonathan really helped me like figuring that out Mm -hmm. very cool i like the way that uh, you all have very different settings going on within the same book because you don't expect a story about a teenage girl to also have what appear to be like ninjas or something fighting in japan Mm-hmm. Uh, back and stuff. So th- this book gives both you and your artist a chance to stretch your wings and do different kinds of things in the book. Yeah, that's one of the things I think that drew Jonathan to it. It's definitely one of the angles I really pitched on it was that if we're dealing with reincarnation, then we have countless lives that we can go back and look at. And God only knows like who they used to be. So there's just it's a lot of potential for what sort of stories we can cover from their past and also from how that all accumulates into where they are right now. 
Mm-hmm. Now, the main character, she, and, I, and I'm really glad that you've got these two females kind of going on because normally this would be a guy thing to fight amongst each other. Mm-hmm. But, but to have the two women, two young teenage girls going at it like this is something very different. I like it real well. So uh, did you do that intentionally? Was it just the way they naturally developed was to be uh, teenage girls? Or did you want to have it this way and make it go that version? Because we need more of that in comics, honestly. <laughs> That was pretty early on in the thinking was that I, I wanted it to be a pair of women sort of fighting just because, yeah, like you said, one, we need more of it. And two is like I'm a white dude and I kind of have to live with myself all the time. So mm-hmm. especially when I'm writing, I like to get sort of as far away from myself as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's more interesting for me to work on when it's a character that I mean, I can relate to them on a human emotional level, but there's a lot of things that don't, it's not just like default for me. It's like, I really have to think about it uh, and make sure that I'm not screwing it up. Well, the one thing I find interesting too, it seems though, as they go through the different incarnations, they're not always women. It seems like sometimes they're men, sometimes they're women. It just depends. So that's also very interesting because then we never know exactly what's going to happen as far as that goes. So I like that real well, too. Is that the way you wanted that, too, so that this was sort of, you know, because that's something different in comics, too, the notion that spirits go in from gender to gender because it's always been, you know, comics are male-oriented stuff. It's always been if people were reincarnated, they started a man, stayed a man. So I kind of like the way you're doing this is you're throwing curveballs at us, which I always enjoy in a comic. Yeah, that was... uh... I mean, that was another one of the big things that really drew me was this idea of that maybe maybe reincarnation is what explains the fact that, like, I don't know, everybody has so many things kind of running through their heads. And the fact that we as humans are able to empathize and sort of see through other people's eyes, the idea that, well, maybe the reason we can is because we've been those people before, Mm -hmm. that uh, even if we don't realize it, all our past life experiences are feeding in uh, and sort of shaping who we are right now. Mm-hmm. Now, talk about the main character, if you will, because she's kind of funny. She's changed her name, and her family setting is very unique as far as comics goes. Do you want to talk about her some? Yeah. Well, she goes by Molly, which is spelled M-A-L-I, where she basically took her first and middle name and like smashed them together. But yeah, she's basically orphaned. But her stepfather was a serial killer, and that basically he got caught when she was like 13. So basically like that completely sort of destroyed her life at the time. And ever since, like now she's been known as, oh, well, that's the daughter of the Omaha Ripper. So she's done her best to kind of put as much distance between herself and this thing that she had nothing to do with that still just kind of keeps haunting her, even though she's changed her name and sort of moved as far as she could. People still now and then like know who she is and bring it up to her. So. Well, one of the things that happens early in the comic is that she gets, I don't know if you want to call it fan mail, <laughs> mail or something trying people trying to communicate with her and they go the whole gamut basically you know they go from people wanting to be her fans and other people kind of apparently being angry with her and what's funny is she and her roommate kind of get a, a kick out of the fact that these letters go all over the place was that inspired by like a true life thing or is that how you kind of figure what might happen to the family members of people who are known serial killers oh no i assume in real life it's it's a 
horrible thing to have to carry around. But it felt like because it happened to her at such a young age that, I don't know, you know, when you're in your 20s, like I know when I was in my 20s, I was super callous. And yeah, it was just kind of even if it's posturing, like, you know, you're very much like, uh, you know, I'll make fun of these people or I'll you know t- look at the humor in this rather than getting depressed as hell, which is what Molly's reaction would be otherwise like it's a defense mechanism for her you know like no matter what she does you know how she tries to get away from stuff like there are still people who are tracking her down and like want to like fetishize her as this you know sort of like a living artifact of something horrible that happened and that's still you know that's a thing that happens every day on the internet so no, I, I, I didn't really base it on anything real. I don't know. There's a reason it starts, you know, when she's at that age is that, you know, a lot of that stuff kind of gets left behind. So I deal with like the aftermath of the fallout rather than the direct fallout, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Now, one of the things I like about her is you've made her into a very believable character. She breathes like a real person. And the fact that she's become so used to this kind of stuff going on around her that she, you're right, she can find the humor in it. But she struggles with relationships, I noticed. There's a boyfriend that uh, you introduced about midway through the comic. And she is attracted to him, and, and they kind of spend time together, but... It just feels like intimacy is kind of a difficult thing for her at one point in the story. Yeah, I think, you know, it's very much that, you know, she knows that this is not who she's meant to be with. Um, and, you know, even to a certain degree, she's not even sure if she really likes him that much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's that whole notion of like, you know, sometimes it's the better alternative to being alone. Even if you're making a terrible mistake, like at least having somebody to cling to when the rest of your life is sort of going to hell, you know, is a good refuge at the time. Even if, you know, you're totally aware that like, well, uh, we're both kind of just drifting along until something better comes up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course she has a dog, but name is Showtime. Mm-hmm. And, and Showtime is one of the fun elements of the book who didn't like the boyfriend, likes her tremendously, who didn't like the boyfriend. And maybe we find out that that's because he's not supposed to be around her very long. But I like mm-hmm. you make the character and the situation believable that we could see ourselves in those kinds of things where we would want something that, you know, a, an animal or a dog or a pet that would be re- relatable with us. And so you do a really good job of getting us to know her and to get into her character and her situation which is very, very cool. I like that real well. Then, of course, you move over into the other person involved in this. Do you want to talk about uh, basically her opposite number? Yeah, her target is a woman named Tessa who is basically, well, Molly is sort of unaware of her role in all this stuff. Tessa's already wide awake and has been preparing for this, and she's basically everything that Molly is not. She's fully into this idea. She's trained. Like, she has a special outfit uh, and weapons and know-how, and she's determined to track down her target and kill them because that's her job. Mm-hmm. She's very much focused like a laser, whereas Molly is very diffuse and sort of not sure what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're very different people when they first meet up. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, Tessa goes along, and, and we get to see her interacting with people. And she's basically <laughs> – she doesn't mind throwing her weight around when it comes to talking to people getting information from people, which I liked. And, you know, she – you're right. She's really very different from Maui in the fact that it's 
<laughs> she's not going to have any trouble flinging a guy through a window. She's not going to have trouble putting a sword up to them. This, this is her character. And when those two meet, it's a very interesting, very different dynamic. So I thought you handled that very well. Thanks. As we go forward with these characters, are we going to begin to see how they, you know, because how they interact and and as Maui begins to understand who she is and what's going on, are they going to balance out towards each other, or are we going to always see that there's differences between the two of them? No, I mean I think there will definitely be some balancing out. I mean I don't want to say too much and give right. anything away, right. but yeah, I mean I like to deal with characters who change to some degree, mm-hmm. even if you know it's a temporary change. So yeah, I mean like that and the dynamic between them, the sort of polar opposite, where Molly just wants to be left alone and she wants to figure out what she's here for and what her purpose in life is but also at the same time she's not really doing anything about it whereas tessa is just like strutting into everything like i know exactly why i'm here what i'm supposed to do and where i'm going and yeah having those sort of flip-flop a bit or like one bleed into the other i think that would just keep things interesting and that's one of the things that really hooks me beyond all the like action and violence stuff like the way that a story can sort of start in one place, flip around, and possibly end up at the same place. But I don't know. It's all the mystery stuff in between that I really like the most. See, I've got questions about this whole thing, how it's going to work out. If if one dies, does the other continue living? Uh, these are, and I you don't expect you to answer right now, but these are things as I read the comic, I'm going to be kind of fascinated to see what goes on. Oh, well, I mean, I... I have the answer to that. Okay. The way it works is as soon as a soldier kills their target, then they kill themselves so they can follow them. <sighs> yeah, because you want to be right on their heels. Mm-hmm. So it also, you know, kind of lends to the way we in everyday life think of war as like, geez, like this is a really like this feels pointless. Like we've been fighting this battle forever. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, with them, like it, it, it's like. Does it even matter if I win? Because mm-hmm. if I win, I'm still going to die. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of like a couple seconds later. So that's like the bleak beginning that I started with mm-hmm. was this idea of somebody killing somebody and then immediately killing themselves so mm-hmm. they could chase them and just do it over and over again. And this is what they've been doing for the last couple thousand years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when we catch up with them, it's like there has to be exhaustion at some point. And possibly some second thoughts about, do I really want to do this again? Like, do I really want to give up the 20 years that I've spent building my life? So It looks like they're also born near each other's birth. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something that's kind of interesting, too. And apparently they go through a significant segment of their lives not knowing who they are. Yeah. And I would guess, based on what I read in the first book, that something significant happens and that, quote-unquote, wakes them up to what who they really are. So I'm, it's going to be fascinating to see. Cause I could see a lot of stories being told. In these of you, you don't necessarily have to have, have the two same characters from book to book. You could do a miniseries with another group of characters. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or we can even go backwards. Like, we can sort of follow, like, well, what happened when they both met? Because one of their past lives uh, is in Hiroshima. So what happens when they met in Hiroshima? Or any of the countless other places that they've met. Or, yeah, like you said, they're just two soldiers in a war. 
So, you know, we can pull out from them and focus on two other soldiers. Yeah, it just feels like there's such a lot of potential for stories to be told in this world. Very cool. I like it so much. Now, there are four covers that have come out with it. There's uh, the artist, Mr. Sawyer, has done one. You've got mm-hmm. a jackpot variant by James Harvey, 10-year variant by Rob Galori, and the variant cover by Elsa, uh, I know I'll butcher her name, Charitier or something like that. And I, I think it's, yeah. Apologies if I've really mussed that all up, but I'm terrible with exotic names. But all the covers are really great. They've got a nice variety of covers. And can I give a shout-out to one person who I've interviewed on my podcast in the past, and whenever he's involved with a comic, I like to recognize it. Of all things, that's your letterer, Sean Aldridge. Oh, okay, yeah. I've talked with him about Vic Boone, and he did go-getters and all kinds of stuff like that. So whenever I see his name on a comic, it always makes me happy because he'll do some fun things with it. And he does a nice job of lettering, and people don't normally pay attention to lettering, but uh, I've been helping a friend with the comic, and he's hired letterer, and, and, and as we go through different stages, you really begin to appreciate each one, and that's why the letterer, to me now, when I see him doing that, no matter what he does in comics, it always turns out really well, and I really think he did a great job with the lettering as well. Yeah, I specifically asked for Sean on this oh, job, because, okay. uh, yeah, we, we're, we've been buddies for the last couple of years. We both live in the same town. Mm. I had a sixth issue of Screamland, which was the first book I ever did. Mm-hmm. We had a sixth issue that never got published. Mm. So last year, I finally got it colored, and then I hired Sean to letter it. Cool. Um, and yeah, he did a lot of cool stuff in it. You know, it's all like horror movie monster stuff, and he did a lot of like playing around with that that I like. And I think he's a really great writer on his own, and you know, he's got some cool stuff coming up. So Good. like. Any chance to kind of get to work with Sean. Also, ironically, Jonathan, I think the first gig Jonathan got in comics was doing a Vic Boone short. Oh, back really? in like Yeah, back in 2012. Nice. Um, but uh, it never ran because <laughs> apparently Jonathan was so green back then that he didn't leave enough room for lettering. Um <sighs> So, <laughs> so now, ironically, uh, yeah, uh, Sean is now the letterer. Uh, so, so, yeah, like the whole, you know, I think it feeds in nicely to the theme of our book of like how, you know, things are faded or keep tying into each other. That somehow Jonathan and Sean worked together like three years ago on something in completely different ways and have all come back together. Very so. cool. Very, very cool. Well, it's out this week. It's called Welcome Back. And the yeah. L is going to be a different color. And the art is great. I think your concept is terrific. And there's a lot of story in there that we could all enjoy as things go forward. So it's an excellent book from Boom Studios. And number one just came out this past Wednesday. So I highly recommend people, if you haven't gotten it, either get to your local comic store or go to Comixology and download it. Because it's a very good story. It's you want something a little different in your reading diet like I do, this is a good book for you to get. So I highly recommend Welcome Back, number one. Thank you. Now, why don't we do a couple of other things. Just real quickly, I want to be able to get an update on how High Crimes is doing. Great story. It started out on Monkey Brain Comics. And are you still making new uh, High Crime story at this point? No, we wrapped up back in March or April. Uh, end of March, early April. We finished up right around the time of Emerald City Comic Con. Oh. And so the hardcover just came out last month on July 8th oh, from Dark Horse. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a $20 hardcover. It's the whole story. It's all 12 issues of our Monkey Brain run. Mm-hmm. 
Very um, good. I like the story. Yeah. That was a great read too. I, it was very it couldn't be much more different from this book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a, a sign of a good writer and a good artist and things like that is when you can do various kinds of storytelling and make each one work. And that was what I felt about High Crimes, of course, which is about people on a mountain. And you know, it has very little in the way of sci-fi aspect to it. But it's such an interesting story. The people were all very real to me. The story was great fun. And I, I just wondered if you were going to be able, uh, interested in going on with it because I liked it so much. And you, didn't you get nominated for an award? At, um, at uh, yeah. Well, uh, High Crimes, we got nominated for two Eisners uh, last year. Cool. Very cool. Well, you know, it, it's, it's great when you get recognized like with things like that. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. Very good stuff. That was crazy. Now, as far as other things, as I mentioned earlier, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. Dead Letters, of course, was a really – the, the, the people I know who are into comics all love Dead Letters and how incredibly different that was. Talk about another different comic. That is a really different comic, too. And I like that story. Is that still going on? I'm, I'm not keeping up, unfortunately, with a lot of the image and other kinds of titles. So that's why I have to ask. Dead Letters is still, it's still being processed and going on? Yes, okay, uh, we're not. Yeah, like we got super behind on everything. Oh. So, so like our last three issues are going to come out. Like number nine came out. It was going to go to twelve issues. Mm-hmm. So now we're just going to put out a trade that'll be nine through twelve, and that'll be the last. So that'll wrap up soon. But yeah, so we have like twelve issues altogether, which is way more than I when I pitched that book. Like, kind of had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, uh, but as soon as they approved it, then I was, oh, I need more than four issues. Like suddenly, like it felt a lot huger and boom, backed us all the way. And they were like, yeah, we'll give you 12. So I can tell the complete story. So very good. uh, So, yeah. Very good, very good. Because so many people I talk to when they came, when they talk about dead letters, their eyes would light up and say, "Wow, that's such a different book. I really like that." So it's it's great stuff. I read a couple of the issues. Unfortunately, my reading is, is way behind. Talk about being behind. I haven't read everything that I've got on my poor little iPad, so I'm trying to catch up. Oh, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, but they, what I read, I really liked. So I'm glad about that. Now, of course, with all that's going on in Marvel, are you still working on Captain Marvel? Uh, no, I just did. Uh, that was like a uh, co-writing thing I did oh. with Kelly Sue back okay. in 2012, 2013. Oh, I, okay. So yeah, no, that. But that was a very surreal job. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was great. Like that, like getting to work. Uh, one, getting to work with Kelly Sue, who mm. you know, uh, has been a friend forever, and like who is an amazing writer. Mm. And yeah, we got to do some uh, some neat Captain Marvel stuff. So. Very good. Now, I have to tell you, with the situation as it is currently in Marvel, as we're talking, there are like 60 different books coming out, and I can't keep track of who's writing what. So right. I just wondered maybe if you had done it before and you were, they pulled you back in to do some. I, I wasn't quite sure. but uh, And I, I can't keep up with all those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's, the only thing that worries me a little bit, I talk to a comic store, and I, I like some of the more obscure books. I like ones that are a little different. And the guy behind the counter, I was looking for one of them, and I said to him, I said, do you have such and such a comic number two? And I said, oh, no, we did number one, but all these people want to get the Secret War stuff, so we've cut back on all these independent comics. And I just groaned. I said, no, yeah. everybody can get, you can get those Secret Wars anywhere. You know, you can, you need to be able to support these kinds of books because that's why I came today was to get that kind of book. Right, right. <laughs> you know? So I'm kind of sad about that, but that's uh, I don't want to criticize Marvel in any way because they're certainly number one and they, they're working hard to stay that way. 
but I'd like to see. I didn't get a chance to catch those Captain Marvels. I'll have to go back and find them because you're doing Captain Marvel. That's something I got to read. That's something I want to read about. So that should be fun. Yeah, I will say that like a good 85 to 90 percent of it is Kelly Sue. But, you know, I got to write some uh, Captain America dialogue. Like mm. that, that's that's something I never I got to write dialogue for Dakota North and Kelly Sue's dialogue. Like, you know, a lot of that got completely rewritten because that's sort of her. I think that's her calling card really in comics is that she writes really believable and sort of like dialogue that, you know, is hers. But you know, I got to sneak a line in here and there, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of. Great. So. So, yeah, it was a good learning experience. Very cool. Now, of course, we've mentioned all the stuff that you've been doing. Are there other projects that you're working on that we should be aware of at this point? Yeah, nothing I can really talk about because none of it's been announced. But I think I have another book coming out before the year is up from Skybound. Um, And I think I have at least like two other books that are in the works right now. Yeah, it's a lot of, I don't know, I I have to stop and like uh, count them up again. But (laughs) it's a lot of stuff going on. Well, that's good. That's good that you're keeping busy and you're you're providing good stories that are things I have not read before, which I always treasure. So it's always good. When I see your name on a book, I know that I haven't read this before. And I need that. I, I'm so happy because I've read so many superhero tropes that the moment they start up, I can go, oh, boy, here we go. It's going to go right, this, right. Gonna go that. <laughs> but when I get your books, I know I have no idea what, what you're going to do with it, and I like that a lot. That, that's great writing. Thanks. Okay, well, Chris, well, it was good talking with you as always, and much yeah. success on Welcome Back. Hopefully this miniseries will spawn another and another and maybe do an ongoing at some point. It'd be cool stuff to see because, like I said, there's a lot of story in there I can see, a lot of potential. So I'd love to see that come to fruition with you. Yeah, you and me both. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol... Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's it for this week. Be back next week as we count down to episode number 200. But until then, keep reading your comics.